good luck with the wood. Hey guys, this is Joy. And this is Claire. It's another week of Joy and Claire. This is Joy and Claire. This This is is Joy and Claire. Claire. Get it? It's us. This. It's Joy and Claire. I don't know if you guys had ever, you know, put that together before, but that's the name of our podcast. Yeah. Isn't that funny? <laughs> Isn't that clever? We're so smart. We're so smart. And it actually did take us like a year to come up with it. <laughs> <laughs> it's very true. We were real close to calling it the Joy and Claire show. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Turns out it's really not easy to name a podcast, but thinking back to when we first started with Girls Gone Wad and how yeah. fast that happened. So fast. I think we thought for some reason that like everything else was going to happen that fast, but that's just not how the world works. No. Yeah. Oh, well, I know we're doing a, um, one of the brands I work on at my job, my real job is starting to start a podcast. And we've been talking about the name for like four weeks. Like they have like three episodes recorded and they're like, we'll just edit in the intro after we come up with the name. I'm like, okay guys, like any day now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's really difficult. It's contentious. And then I think, too, because there's so many podcasts out there, it's yeah. just kind of hard to nail down a name that doesn't sound like a name that's already taken or just something similar. But yep. we're glad you're here for This Is Joy and Claire. Welcome to another week. We actually got to see each other last night, which felt know, so nice. Great. I was like, out in the past week, I had been getting so many like Instagram and Facebook memories about all of our trips to Mas Chaos, which is a taco restaurant in Denver um, for the year last couple of birthdays. And yeah. we must have started going like the year Mas Chaos opened because it hasn't been open that long, but we've no. been there like for the last three or four years. Yeah. It's for kind of birthday. like our go-to. Yeah. And so um, you might have heard us, remember us talking about this on Girls Gone Wild, but it's a joint taco and pizza restaurant, like wood fired pizza and then wood fired. I mean, I don't know, wood fired tacos. I think that's a, I don't, <laughs> wood yeah. fired tacos. And there, it's just so good. Mm-hmm. And it's a genius concept for a restaurant. I don't know why more restaurants aren't doing that. Yeah, we went and we actually, I've eaten, I've only eaten in person at a restaurant one two other times and one of them was like that time I talked about when at the restaurant my brother works at oh right and then the other time was like a private tasting that we like specifically set up for a date night okay so like we were the only people in this room and then like the bartender would just like come in with his mask on and like give us some drinks and then leave so basically it was like us being in our house but at a different location right (laughs) someone just serving you yeah, which was great. I'd highly recommend finding somewhere that does that. But so this was my first like real, I felt like it was my first like real um, experience eating in a restaurant. And it was, it felt fine, actually. Yeah, it didn't. The only thing that was weird was because I haven't really eaten. I'm trying to think the only time. Yeah, we've just been doing a lot of takeout. So you don't like go sit anywhere. But mm-hmm. The only thing that I had to remind myself, I was like, do I put a mask on when I sit down? They're like, no, you don't need to put a mask on. Like when you sit down, you can just take leave your mask off because I felt self-conscious when they would come around like, okay, do I yeah. need to put my mask on? Part of me too just feels for the wait staff that you have to wear your mask for hours and hours on end. I mean, I really any profession Every, where you have to do that. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, that's just, it's so hard. But we're doing it because it's safe. And we felt, I felt fine. I didn't feel mm-hmm. unsafe. At dinner. It's weird, like, those moments now, though, when you, like, instinctively just breach for your mask. And I was thinking about that. And we talked about that a little bit last night of, like, six months ago, how, like, absolutely insane it would have felt to, like, look around and see every single person in a mask. And yesterday on my way down there, I don't think I told you this, the person, I was on I-25 and suddenly just had to slam on my brakes. And that's, like, not super uncommon on I-25, but the person in front of the person in front of me rear-ended the person in front of them. Oh. So I was like three car, or, you know, two cars back. So close to a rear-ending situation. To a rear-ending. But then that meant that I was like an inch away from the bumper in front of me and the car behind me was an inch away from me because we'd all had to slam on our brakes. And I'm like sh- so shocked that there wasn't another fender bender in that lineup. And we were all just like at this dead stop. And the, the cars behind me had to reverse to be able to go around. Like that's how close we all were. Right. You can just turn around. Yeah. And so the guy in front of me got out of his car to come back and ask me to reverse. And I... This was on I-25? Yeah. And just so and people know, I-25 is like one of the main highways. It is in, the like, main highway north to south through, through yeah, the state through, of Colorado. Colorado. It's like a... In like, you know, I think in this part of the highway where I was in, it's five lanes each direction. So anyway, and he didn't, and he had his mask, but it was pulled down and I was in my car. So my mask was, and I just like had the split second where I was like, do I put my mask on? Right. 
you know, anyway, it's just those weird it's, moments. It is weird moments. And then I get judgy if I see someone wearing it wrong or just like their mm. nose is out. And that you, <laughs> you have there's a, a mask, mask now that judgment. they're making where it's like a mask and the it, on the mask is printed like a picture of somebody pulling their mask down under their nose. So like you can have it on the whole way, but it looks like from afar. Oh, that's clever. It looks that's like your nose clever. Is out. That's really funny. Scott mm-hmm. was Googling the other day because... He, one of his friends from Creighton sent a photo of him wearing this Golden Girls mask, mm-hmm. and it was so funny. So then he went down this rabbit hole of really funny masks you could buy. And there's a lot of Golden Girls. There was like a murder she wrote. Oh I love goodness. the ones that are from Schitt's Creek, where there's one of David, and he's like, ew, COVID. Right. I've seen that one. My yeah. favorite ones I've seen are the ones... That like look that are like a bot the bottom of like a character's face like they have a, a set right now that are the Sanderson sisters from Hocus Pocus. Oh, that's cute. Because if you think about like how like especially Bette Midler's character in that movie has like the buck teeth and like the lips totally the like, and, bow tie lips yeah yeah and so it's like looks like her lips it's and I'm like that would be such a fun Halloween. You just costume. sounded like Sebastian. Yes, and you put your lips like this. this. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite part of that movie. And then you put your lips like this. (laughs) And then his spit comes out. Um, The other day we were talking about, you know, Miles asks a lot of like um, just intellectual questions about movies that don't have intellectual answers. Like The Little Mermaid, for example. (laughs) He was really concerned about if sea witches are real. Okay. Because, you know, Ursula. Of course. Yeah. And like anytime a bad guy, like there's, I mean, you know, every movie has an antagonist, but not that many movies that we watch have like a true villain. You know, it's like, for example, like Wally, you know, the antagonist in Wally is climate change. Right. And a little bit, well, the antagonist in Wally is the wheel. Mm-hmm. Right. But like the wheel is not like a villain or like it inside have, out. Like, scary eye. Right. Right, you know, like the antagonist in Inside Out is like the idea of it's like becoming a you know leaving your childhood behind, right. like that's like the thing they're fighting against. Uh, Bing we Bong. don't, oh, I don't think, oh, just and I don't like, <laughs> so we don't, you know. And anyway, the point of the story is that we like got into this really like big philosophical discussion about Ursula, and I was just yeah. in there thinking like I didn't realize how much my like literature degree was really going to prepare me to analyze right. these characters with yeah. my four year old who knew they asked the best questions. So what did he say the other day where he was like, oh, um, he he like identified a a plant in the backyard that he had never seen before, yes. and he was like, "Mom, you got to come look at this plant. Let me walk you through it. Let me walk. It you has through it. it has a brown stem and green branches." And I was like, "Okay, <laughs> let me walk you through it. It just is so. Let me walk you through it." So where did he hear? Let me walk you through it. That's what I want to say. Do you oh, say that, or does Brandon say that? It's probably from Wild Kratts. From what? Which he's like, it's this show he's really into right now. Oh, okay. Wild Kratts. Okay. It's got to be that. I don't know. Brandon probably says it. I don't. I definitely don't say it. That's so funny. I've never heard you say, "Let me walk you through it." But no. like, you know, in Zoom meetings, I wonder if people hear. <laughs> right. There was like I know. that funny that? joke that went around where they're like, you know, turns living out with- I'm married to a let's circle back guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Let's put a pin in it, person. Yeah. Uh, let's circle back. What's another good one? Um, oh my gosh, Scott said. <laughs> I want this <laughs> I want this project. I want us all to be in lockstep. <laughs> and I was like, oh, you're a lockstep guy? <laughs> oh, you're a lockstep guy? <laughs> That's hilarious. I'm trying to think what I say. I definitely use the phrase low-hanging fruit a lot. Oh, okay. Okay. Like, yeah, that's the low-hanging fruit. I noticed that last week. I was like in a meeting and I said like three times. I was like, I got to wrap. I got to find another way to... <laughs> You gotta find another way to explain like the the most straightforward option. Right. The low hanging fruit option. I have a list now at work with all of my coworkers of things that we cannot I'm like, we have to put a penny, you know, in the jar yeah. or something, like a quarter in the jar every time we say it because it's just so annoying. Like um, it's a fluid situation. We've had some drift is like the most hated thing I could ever here in my life that's uh, so funny. so now we have that's funny i've never heard anyone oh, yeah. at my work say we've had we've some had drift. some drift from this from this workflow 
it just drives me nuts. What does <laughs> that even mean? It just means like when you had like a workflow you're supposed to follow and then people just drift away from it. Oh. So like we're supposed to do it this way, but then people just kind of go rogue and do their own thing. And there's a lot of those where I work. So it's just really funny because I'm like, can we please just, it drives, there's so many of them. I just, I couldn't list them all here, but it's just funny how we have these phrases that we're like, please, let's never say this again. Okay. I have a, a, a girl that I work with who is also named Claire and she immediately, I think at this point we're all sick of hearing like in these unprecedented times, <laughs> but she like yeah. instantly was like, I can't hear the word unprecedented ever again. Yeah. Um, like, by like March 5th, she was over the word unprecedented. <laughs> You're right. I think there's definite words that people yeah. are just or like, like uncertain times, yeah. like any of that. And um, it's just so funny because now anytime she sees it, she'll just send it to me and she's like, do you think that I'm, I'm, I'm unclear. Are these times certain or uncertain? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, we all have. I'm sure we have a lot of those. I wonder if other workspaces have similar situations, but it's so funny. Anyway, so circling back (laughs) to uh, Miles' question, that was really cute about the the, um, Ursula and sea witches. Um, We have a lot of uh, voice memos we're going to get to today about fears, speaking of scary things. And I have to tell you, you guys really delivered this week. You've been delivering every week. But this one had me laughing alone in my kitchen, LOLing. LOL. You know, literally laughing out loud. I really kind of want to like come up with a new LOL term because LOL is like, no, I really want you to know that I was really laughing out loud. I was truly. Yeah. Har, 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 har. (laughs) But I want to check in on a couple other things, like just in general, how are things going? I, I want to, I wanted to ask like how our health is doing because this is, and I mentally, physically, emotionally, just kind of like a state of the union of like, we have gone away from talking about health or fitness because Mm. we didn't want to be so drenched in that world because that was just like, it's an unhealthy space to like stay in, especially or focus on, and it can be unhealthy, but Mm -hmm. truly like, how are we taking care of ourselves right now? Like moving and eating and... I don't know. Is there anything that you've just been like noticing or changing since? Yeah. So a big thing for me was I spent May, June and July tracking macros and of this year. Yeah. You didn't even tell me that. I know because you like have a thing about macros. Yeah. I just don't even like trigger you with it. Okay, great. Thank you. And yeah, I mean, it's not like I'm not, I didn't feel like I kept it from you, but it was like, I also think that this is a great case study of the fact that like you can change your diet and no one has to know. It's a very good point. You don't have to post it on Instagram. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I caught at macros with Connor, who is my, the coach at Roots, who I was doing like some personal training with. And the reason I did that was because back in April, I was so stressed, so stressed about Brandon working on the COVID unit that I wasn't eating. You weren't eating at all. I remember you telling me that. I would go days. Yeah. Yeah. Without eating. And like not I wouldn't make the decision to go days without eating. Right. But I would be so, so stressed, stressed out. And my body was so high alert that like I just never felt hungry. I was in fight or flight for like a month. Mm-hmm. And so in May, by the time I got to the end of April and that had hap- been going on on and off for like a month, I was like, this is not healthy. You know, I'm not, by the way, throughout that time, I did not like, it's not like I'm losing weight. You know, like there's no, like my body was just like freaking out. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I need to like get some structure back right. around my meals. And that's typically so that's, when you've done macros. Is that's more when of I've like, done macros. You're not like, like trying to restrict no. or say, oh, I need to rein it in or whatever. Right. It's not like, oh, I need to lose 10 pounds. It's like no. macros is a wonderful tool and I love it in my life in times when I have so much else going on mentally and or emotionally that for me, the first thing, not the first thing, but like the biggest thing that drops off when I am in periods of acute stress is my food intake. Yeah. My body just like, I've always had, you know, I call it like a nervous stomach. Like I've, that's always been my coping mechanism yeah. physically is that I just stop wanting to eat. Yeah. That's how I am too, but not in like the long term. Like yours is kind of more, you, you tend to have a more long term. Mine becomes like habitual. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And, habitual. and again, like I'm not, it's not like Mine's a more situational. Thing. Yeah. Right. Yours is like, I have this thing coming up later right now. I feel right. not hungry. Right, right, right. For me, it's like, this is like a longer term way that my body just malfunctions totally and you know i think like it's it has ooh, here's my coffee delivery thanks coffee delivery Woohoo! oh my and and i made some bread last night and brandon just told me it's perfect okay great 
Um, so that's an update on the kitchen in my house. Anyway, I, in a weird way, and I don't, I feel like people will be like, that's not weird. It, at first when this happens, I always have this like old diet culture thing kick in of like, good for you for not eating. And then, right. And it's like, immediately I have to be like, this is actually, I need to be very clear here, body and brain. Not eating is not, I'm not not eating for any healthy reason. Right. Like there are, I'm sure healthy reasons out there for you to intentionally fast. And even if they're not like, like you can do it for a spiritual reason, you can do it for, you know, a, a, an elimination reason because you have an illness, like whatever the situation may be, there are healthy reasons out there to fast. I was not, I'm not intentionally fasting. I am so overcome by stress and anxiety that I cannot bring myself to eat. So I started cutting macros in May. I counted macros through July and it was really helpful. And that has been kind of the biggest shift that I made was just as a way. And this is again, like I used macros for the same exact reason. That was why I started macros in the first place. So Miles was born was to be like, I'm postpartum and I don't know how to eat. Mm-hmm. I need some structure. Mm-hmm. I did it again, working with when I worked with Laura Lagos after Evie was born, because I had been sick. I had been nauseous for an entire yes, I remember nine or too. 10 months. Yep. And I had this like weird thing coming out of that where I was like, I don't remember. Yeah. I have to relearn what it's like to want to eat mm-hmm. because for almost a year, eating was like this physically very uncomfortable situation for me where I was constantly nauseous. And I was like, okay, I'm hungry again, but like I kind of forget yep. how to feed myself something that's not soup. Yeah, exactly. Like what are my my macros? Yeah, yeah, and I think Laura Ligos, who's the sassy dietitian that we always Mm -hmm. reference on the show. And quick side note: we're going to be having some of our favorite uh, podcast guests and people who have done podcasts on their own. We're going to have them do some guest episodes coming up. So Laura is one of them, and so she will be doing Q and A from a dietitian. So that will be really cool, and I'll be putting that up on our feed shortly. But I feel like Laura would say that's a perfect example of when macros is appropriate because we just Mm -hmm. all assume that the worst in diet culture. And I think that you are always really mindful and it's a good example to show when it is something that's helpful rather Mm -hmm. than hurtful. And it doesn't have to be all bad if someone is counting macros and you can kind of dip in and out of it, but you're, you really do use it as an anchor to fuel yourself when things like this happen in your life. Like when I start, when COVID started for me, I've never experienced that level of stress in the workplace to where I was Mm -hmm. so stressed out. I wasn't hungry and I completely lost my appetite for a few months, but I was still eating. Like I was still eating, but I wasn't eating the amount that I normally ate. And I don't think I've ever been to a point where I just like stop eating period. But mm-hmm. it's more of just like, oh, it's three o'clock and I haven't had lunch yet or whatever. But I definitely noticed the stress level from the beginning of the year and how routines have changed. And everyone can relate to this. Like everyone's routine is uprooted. And your life is not at all close to what it was before the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And so I think that, you know, just kind of checking in and how is your health, meaning it doesn't have to be what it was before, Mm -hmm. but are you keeping in mind, someone sent us a great article about surge capacity and how it's, and I can post this in the notes, but it's basically saying, so I'll post this article in our show notes um, because it's quite long, but it's from medium.com. And it just talks so much about how we're using surge capacity to operate. And the definition of surge capacity is a collection of adaptive systems, Mm -hmm. mental and physical, that humans draw on for short-term survival in acutely stressful situations such as natural disasters. But natural disasters occur over a short period, even if the recovery is long. And then pandemics are different because the disaster stretches out indefinitely. So how we are using these mental and physical adaptive systems over the, let's just say in 2020, it could go beyond that, but how exhausting that is for us because we're just kind of in that fight or flight mode constantly. And just to be really mindful of that, I think is, I know we've talked about it throughout the year, like since pandemic started, but just, you know, there really is no end in sight right now. (laughs) And it's not to be doomsday, but I think when we talk about health, even our definition of health has changed. 
Yeah. And I think like I remember back in probably May, we were talking, somebody had written in a question that was like, basically, you know, how much working out is too much working out right now. And I remember us talking about that and saying like, you know, what? honestly, I'm working out every day. And in an in like a normal life, I wouldn't necessarily feel like that was a healthy choice. But like, I need this coping mechanism right now. And so I'm just letting myself have it because I recognize that like, of all the coping mechanisms I could choose, this is a pretty good one. And this is a phase where I'm like, no, I need to cope. Yep. I am in coping mode. I am not in like normal life mode. Mm-hmm. But then now we need to shift and we have been needing to shift over the last few months into realizing like we can't live in coping mode for this long. It's just not healthy. We just mentally can't do it. And so how do you create a, a normal, to use normal as a noun, how do you create your your normal in a very uncertain time. And I was listening to, or maybe I was reading, this is just a very, very short little thing that um, Knowles had put out. And I know I've talked about Knowles before. It's the National Outdoor Leadership School. It's similar to Outward Bound, if you're more familiar with Outward Bound. Basically, they take like young adults and stick them in the woods for a month and teach them about leadership and backpacking and whatever. And they have these certain like pillars that they teach you. And one of the ones that they teach is just called Tolerance for Adversity. And it's like, how can you move forward and make meaningful decisions and make important decisions, even if you might not have all the information? Mm -hmm. And how can you kind of sit with that and realize like, okay, I don't know what I don't know. And those missing facts could be really crucial, Mm -hmm. but I don't know that. And so I need to just use what I have, you know, be confident in moving forward and knowing that like, I have to have, I have to you know, literally have this tolerance. And I think that that's a great way to think about it is that living life right now and dealing with all the unknowns is really a skill that we're all building for tolerating adversity. Mm-hmm. And I like the the use of the word tolerating because first of all, it implies that like we don't have to solve it. It's not up to you to go out and like find all the answers. And also it implies that we don't have to like it. Like if I'm tolerating something, usually that doesn't mean that I'm like, I like I'm tolerating, you know, Miles brushing my hair, you know, like whatever the case may be. It's like, I appreciate that this is, has good intent, but I'm really not loving it. Or is it painful? Yeah, I have a tender head. (laughs) You know, and so I like, I just have always liked the thinking about it that way because it implies that like, it's a long-term behavior that you're coping with but you also don't have to like it and you and and it's a skill that you're working on that you're building right and it just yeah it's we're not in like survival mode anymore and i remember also back in like april posting something on the internet that was like this is not the new normal and i'm like well it kind of has to be it kind of has to be anyway it kind of has to be yeah what about you other than you're doing a lot more running i saw your yeah and but you, and you've talked about that a lot. Yeah, I mean, I, ever since we st- ever since the pandemic started and we had everything shut down, I I stepped away from my gym, which I just want to be clear that it was not at all. I know that was kind of the same time that everything happened with CrossFit, and I didn't step away from my gym because of the CrossFit thing. And they I, actually deaffiliated. They deaffiliated and. And it wasn't anything to do with that. I had already stepped away from my gym because it had been closed. And then everything kind of blew up with the CrossFit world and yada, yada. But I was, my schedule has changed drastically since everything started with COVID and our work because I work in healthcare. is just a completely different story of, I have had to go into the office every single day. So my life has really not changed as far as working from home or anything of that nature. I still go into the office. I still work in the office. And so my schedule is really like I have to be there pretty early. And that's a lot of the reason why I just am loving using our Peloton app for a lot of workouts and using the outdoors. But I've noticed, I think what has come to mind for me this year is routine. Mm -hmm. And I'm really excited to talk to Casper about rituals. But I think rituals and routines are completely different. I think routine is rituals is like an anchor, which I I'm excited to talk to him about that piece. But the routine part of my life is something where I'm like, whoa, I actually for someone who felt like routine was such an anchor. It actually I'm I'm capable and I'm okay with totally changing my routine. I know that sounds so stupid and almost like 
anal retentive, but I am a type A person. I do find a lot of solace and a lot of comfort in routines. And if anything, this year has completely shown me like it's okay to be so thrown out of your routine. And I know everyone can relate to this on, on a lot of levels of work schedule, working out schedule, like when you, I don't know, like seeing your friends or seeing your family or, you know, whatever type of thing that you've had in the past, whether it be meals or, you know, seeing people at the gym, I, for the longest time was like, I know I can never see this changing. Like I'm so comfortable seeing everyone at the CrossFit gym every morning. That's my accountability. That's, and so now it's like, whoa, I'm actually capable of doing something I never thought I could do, which is for the most part right now doing workouts on a freaking treadmill. I thought like, I was like, I would rather die than do workouts on a treadmill. Rather die. I I mean, I'm not kidding. Like the the motivation it takes for me to get on a treadmill and run is, it's like the last thing I ever thought I would do. And now that I'm like, oh, this is actually really fun. And these instructors, so just, I'm, this is a very like surfacey level thing, but just like opening yourself up to even being like, oh, I'm going to try this new thing. I'm actually going to be open to trying this new workout regimen or trying. I mean, it is surface level, but it's not for you. Yeah, because, I know, like, but it just you- sounds really silly. Like when people are dealing with like, their kids schedules and zoom call you know what I mean like yeah but I think also like for you like that is something that you have always like we talked about this a couple of weeks ago how you're you really personally identify with your habits yeah they I become do. part of who you are versus like you just being someone who has right. habits. You right. Really, and I don't think that's right or wrong. I just think it's, you know, different people do different things. Like for me, I'm like, I'm Claire. And like, sometimes I do these activities versus like for you, you really identify as like, I am joy and I am, I, I do am CrossFit. a morning yeah. person. I yeah. am a CrossFitter. I am these things. And, you know, I still see you leaving Instagram comments on people's stuff at 345 in the morning when you get up with cadet. So you're not, not, you know, a morning person, but right. it's like, I think that it does signal a big shift for you to have been pulled out of that routine, which I also think, you know, with not having kids, I have a routine. I just don't set it. Right. You know, and like, but like I have my day, there are all these different milestones I have to hit. They're just not milestones for myself, but that doesn't mean that my day is not structured. Right in a way that is required. And, you know, that is an anchoring thing. I think everybody who has kids, it's like, if you have a day where naps don't happen on time, where dinner doesn't happen on time, like you come out of that day feeling like, you know, you're just walked out of like a wind tunnel. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So, you know, I think that just because you don't have as many factors in your day-to-day life that you have to manage like kids and whatever, it's important for everybody to have a routine. Right. And I think if anything, the bottom line of this is like, oh, (laughs) it's not scary to lose your routine. Yeah. Like it's not scary to what you thought would be, okay, I just want this routine. I love this routine. This is the time I take a shower. This is the time I get to work. And just having that moved up and moved around and jostled is like, okay, I could make, I could make that happen. I could do this. And Uh so I think that that's just what I continue to build on for this year is knowing that whatever comes is like, we're going to adapt and we're going to adjust and we're going to be okay. And, you know, there's a lot, I mean, there's a lot still that could happen this year, especially with the upcoming election and anything that happens around that. There's still a lot going on in the world that's really controversial and really important. And I think that we will continue to kind of weave in and out of that as much as we can to take care of ourselves too and make sure that we are staying healthy, but also just recognizing like there's just no end in sight and that's okay. We just have to stay present. That's what I'm going to keep saying. So I want to say one last thing really quick that's kind of been a really cute anchor is watching the home edit. And oh we're going to have to talk about this like at another time. I want to I want to know if people have been watching this show. It's on Netflix. It's called The Home Edit. I believe they did a special a couple of years ago. And Reese Witherspoon is a huge fan of theirs. So I know her production company is involved in getting this show on Netflix. But it's essentially these, these two really cute girls. And they have a home organizing company. And they've worked with celebrities. And I think they're based in Nashville. But they are adorable. But it's really funny because their story is almost identical to Claire and I's where they met, they didn't know each other, and they started a business the same day they met. And while Claire and I knew each other like vaguely through CrossFit, we didn't start a business like the day that we met. But we we kind of went into the podcast without really knowing each other. And so it's really funny to watch their dynamic because I watched their dynamic. And I'm like, oh my gosh, they are so similar 
to how Claire and I interact and our dynamic. So it's just, I mean, on that level, it's really fun to watch. But I watched a few episodes and then I immediately went to the container store because I had the whole week off last week and started organizing things. And uh, do not watch that show unless you are prepared to feel like you have to organize everything in your house. I'm just warning you. So more on that soon because maybe we'll try to get them on the show. They're so fun. They're so cute. But that's been giving me some calm. Is like yeah, just totally. feeling like they're I like I organizing. watched like just the trailer for that show. And just watching the trailer, I was like, I need to go buy some clear bins. Clear bins. <laughs> clear plastic bins. And labels. Bins. Labels. Yeah, but it's really funny because I think when Marie Kondo came out and everything was like, it's almost like this weird, everything had to be minimalist for a while. Like just yes, get rid of everything. Right. Everything. And their place, stance yeah. is like, it's okay to have stuff. It's just like organize your stuff. Yeah. And but then they also are advocates of like, don't have more stuff than what can fit in your space. So right. once your space is full, you got to get rid of stuff. So yeah. it's just kind of funny how they have like taken a different approach to it. So they're kind of like the Marie Kondo of 2020. So more totally. on that to, to come. Uh, I, I don't someone wanted to I was posting on Instagram, like some of the stuff that I was doing in my bathroom. And they're like, before and after pics. I'm like, I can't. I am so self conscious of before and after because the before and after in my mind is that like, perfect Instagram blogger that like has everything. Right. <laughs> I don't know. That's really silly to say, but I'm like, I just, I don't know. That just feels like I'm giving a, a mediocre before and after. Like for me, it's great. But for you guys, you, I don't know. It just feels really funny to, to do that. I'm like, I feel like I need a professional setup for a before and after and I just don't have that. But okay. So let's move on to our voice memos because we need to laugh and appreciate how great I our know. listeners are. I feel are. like this episode has been a little bit out of order. So probably we will just, we'll just do our voice memos and that'll be kind of the rest of the show. Okay. Why? What, what, did, what did we miss? I'm sorry. No, just because normally... Or, you know, our Our very, very, very loose episode structure that we've been doing has been like quick check in into the memos and then like a longer discussion between the two of us. Got it. Which is fine, by the way. It's okay. This is our show. We can do it. We've had some drift, you guys. We've had some drift. We've had some drift. (laughs) We need to circle back on that. (laughs) Okay. Okay, I have one quick thing. One thing that drives me yeah. crazy in meetings is when people say, I just want to name that. And maybe uh, like you don't have to deal with that because you don't work with a bunch of hippies. But I work with a bunch of hippies. No, we don't have a name that. It's we crazy. Oh, no, no. Our version of that is, I, I just want to call this out. That's what they yeah, say. Yeah, that too. People say, I'm yeah, just going to call, call this, this out. out. I just want to name that. And then I have one more is when there's like a group of 10 of us on a call and it only applies to two people. They'll be like, we're going to take this offline. Yes. <laughs> We can, we can circle back with that offline. <laughs> no. No, you will not. No. Okay. All right. So this first email, let's do a quick email because I need to know what a Terrapin is, Claire. Should I Google this? What is a Terrapin? Terrapin. Okay. I have to tell you that I just Googled it and I don't think that this is the correct answer. A small edible turtle. <laughs> it does look, I pulled up s- turtles too. They look so tiny. Okay. So her, this is from Amanda from North Carolina. She goes, I'm terrified of terrapins. Sea turtles are fine. Tortoises are fine. Terrapins are not fine. They're sneaky and they're faster than we've all been led to believe. I saw a video of one relentlessly chasing and trying to bite a cat. My friend had one that tried to bite me. They have a shell to hide in, which is an unfair advantage. I don't trust them. (laughs) That's a great one. Thank you, Amanda. That's really good. So it is. A terrapin is a small turtle. But they're edible, Amanda. So next time you find one, just catch it, eat it, take it home and eat it. Assert your dominance. That's so funny. Uh, Susan wrote in and said, my family still makes fun of me because when I was little and probably would have carried on in my adulthood, if given the opportunity, I would not stay at my aunt's house overnight with my cousins. Why might you ask? Because their house was on a large hill and I was a hundred percent positive that if I was in the house, it was going to just fall off this hill and we would all disappear. Now the house had a large backyard before it even got near the drop-off, but I knew we were all doomed. Yes, I'm 48 <laughs> and the house is still standing. <laughs> okay, this one's from Jacqueline. Hi, Joy and Claire. I just finished listening to your podcast this week and I wanted to send a message about my fear. I am afraid of cats full stop. Doesn't matter what kind, doesn't matter if they're white and fluffy or the blackest black cat you've ever seen. I'm terrified. A lot of this stems from when I was a kid, I grew up on a farm 
and we had a lot of wild cats that would live in our barn and they would dart out and startle me all the time. And I also have this image in my head of me lying on our carport when I was a kid and my brother taking said cats and throwing them on me. (laughs) And to be honest, I don't know that that actually happened (laughs) or if it was just a nightmare. So take that for what it's worth. My fear persists to today. My husband is actually allergic to cats, so I don't have to worry about him wanting a cat. And I will tell people that I am emotionally allergic to cats. So that's my silly fear. I don't think that's silly. I think, I think that's, that's totally fine. She's like, I don't know if that was a nightmare. I might have just imagined it. <laughs> and just. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so funny. Okay. This is from Andy. Hey, Joy and Claire. This is Andy from Kansas. And uh, I'm, I'm scared of lots of things. And with Megan, I'm scared of birds. They're dinosaurs. Everyone should be scared. I'm also scared of fish and reptiles. But my one, like, very specific fear that my husband thinks is just absolutely ridiculous. We live out on a farm, and we have a lot of red-tailed hawks around and large snakes. And I am scared that one day I'm going to be walking through my yard or going on a walk down the road and a hawk is going to drop a snake on me and it could happen and I'm very scared about it but my husband thinks it's just absolutely insane to be scared of that but I once hit with my car a hawk that was carrying a skunk so I don't think it's it's as unlikely as he thinks it is so that's my weird fear love you guys bye I just want to preface this too with as we move along with these fears Everyone should turn off this episode and just do a mind eraser exercise. And I don't even know know what that means, but just basically pretend like you forgot this episode because (laughs) some of these fears I could see people like starting to obsess over and being like, oh my gosh, now that's my fear. So please don't do that. Please don't do that. I'm also curious now to know if all of these are going to be animal related. uh, No, one is really funny and I don't, it's coming up soon, I'm sure. But uh, I was. Okay. So here's, here's my other thing that I wanted to say in regards to that one. When I, anytime I bring up on the podcast how I'm afraid of a moth laying eggs in my ear, oh. 100 people write in and are like, Claire, that's not a silly fear. That happened to me or that happened to my brother. That happened to my cousin's girlfriend. Like everyone has a story. Everyone has a story of a time when this almost happened to them or someone they know. And I would just like to say that's not helpful. <laughs> Please don't share that it's actually happened. Please don't tell me when I'm like, I have this irrational fear. And you're like, it's not irrational, Claire. It could happen to you. Yeah. And I almost did that with her thing about the hawk and the snake because I have seen a hawk pick up a snake and then drop it. Ah, okay. And it was very near to my body. Okay. All right. So it definitely is not irrational. And I'm sorry that I just did the thing to you that I hate when people do to me, but (laughs) it could happen and it has almost happened to me. Oh my gosh. So people out there listening, if you are if you have a tendency to just kind of obsess over fears, please please maybe, take care. Maybe just please end take care. Now. Yeah, please just take care when listening to this. Okay. This one is from Megan. Hi Joy and Claire. This is Megan, also Megan. Um, I'm not so afraid of birds, but I do have a very irrational fear of death by paper cuts. And I'm not gonna elaborate too much because I also pass out basically at the mention of blood, but anything, like anytime I get a paper cut, I just sort of panic and I just have this really crazy fear of like multiple paper cuts causing you to die. But anyway, that's my weird crazy fear. I love the podcast. Bye. I love how she's so kind of like casual at the end. She's, she's like, like anyway. I just have this weird paper cut. It was a weird fear of multiple And sometimes I pass out when I talk about blood. Thank you, That's Megan, fine. for being brave of even mentioning that. We're oh not going to talk about it anymore. So we can just move on from that. You know what? Thank We're you. also going to just, why don't we just bless all these fears and be like, and they're no, you, you have just completely released them on the podcast yeah. and now they're gone. And Wouldn't they're that gone. be nice? And they're gone. We've taken care of them for you. Okay. <sighs> Next one is from Carly. 
Hi, Joy and Claire. My name is Carly. I'm calling from Connecticut. And I had to call in when I heard last week's episode where you guys were talking about what your biggest kind of irrational or abnormal fear is because mine is almost identical to Claire's, which is really funny considering we both have the same birthday. So I don't know if there's something in like the late November birthday that makes this like a total fear for me or if it's something else, but I have this like extreme fear that a bug is going to fly into my ear and just get stuck in there and I'm never going to be able to get it out. And so it's so extreme that literally if there's a bug flying around my house, I will pull up my shirt over my ears and just <laughs> continue to do. go around my house like that because I just have this literal belief that the bug will fly in my ears if my ears aren't totally covered. So anyway, I know it's ridiculous. I don't actually think that a bug wants to fly into anyone's ears, but for some reason, <laughs> if a bug is near me, I literally believe that it's coming right from my ears. So anyway, super weird, but um, I thought you guys would appreciate that. So thanks for asking the questions. I think it's great. Bye. I agree. That's the number do one. You do, that? That you do you do that? Your- you have your shirt right there. Just cover your ears. Is that what you do? do you I put just your normally shirt- like cover my ears, my hand, and then run away. Oh, it's so funny. It's so, so funny. Okay, this is from Kara. Hey, guys. This is Kara calling from Jersey City. And I just actually laughed out loud when I heard the question for this week, which was, what's something that you're terrified of <laughs> that possibly makes no sense and I have to admit I am absolutely terrified of going on Ferris wheels I have always felt like this and this is coming from someone who literally goes on crazy roller coasters all the time doesn't bother me swinging all that stuff doesn't bother me since I was a kid I just really don't like the idea especially that a Ferris wheel goes up and stops a bunch of times at the top. There's really no way out. Doesn't really make any sense to me. So my other fear with it is that I always have to pee, and I am just terrified of being stuck on a Ferris wheel at the tippy top, not being able to use the bathroom. So yeah, I thought you guys would like that. I just want to shout out to my best friend Liz, who had me listening to you guys from GGW years ago. Love the show. I love the shout out to her best friend. I love it. Hi, Liz. Thanks for recommending Can I just say, maybe it's just because my dad's from Jersey, but I love Jersey people so much. I so much. I just laughing ugh. about just how pra- I mean, I love <sighs> that fear because it's so practical. It's like, what if I get to the top and I have to pee and I have to pee? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great point. Mm-hmm. Ugh, it's like, so in what funny. about Bob? Do you remember what about Bob? Yes. Oh, yeah. Or he's like, what if I have to go to the bathroom, but I can't find a bathroom and my bladder explodes? It's true. It's very true. Baby yeah. steps get on Baby the bus. Ste- Baby steps. That's one of my favorite movies. Oh, I have it's such to a say. good one. It's really good. This one's from Cassie. Hi, Joy and Claire. This is Cassie from Akron, Ohio. Just want to say the thing that I'm afraid of that other people think is silly is E.T. I have never seen the movie, you know, the 1980s movie with the little alien guy. Don't even know the storyline, but he frightens me. My sister used to torment me and say he was under my bed or in my closet, and to this day I have no interest in seeing it. Also wanted to comment that we had a housekeeper when we were growing up, and my mom would tell us to clean our room before she came, and pretty sure I was nasty to her. I remember writing a letter about how mad I was at her for coming to clean our house, because I had to clean my room and I don't know if she listens to your podcast. I don't remember her name, but I'm sorry to her. Hope you guys are doing well. So we apologize to that house cleaner for having her for Cassie sending us nasty ground being like, I have to clean so you can clean. This is, I feel wronged. (laughs) This is unfair. Oh my gosh. Let's see. Connie from Alabama said her irrational fear is showering during thunderstorms. I've heard you're not supposed to do that though. Really? Is that irrational? She said, yeah. She, well, she says, I was always told that if you shower during a thunderstorm and lightning strikes, you could get electrocuted. Okay. We need to, we need to fact check this fact because check. I have also heard that. So I'm going to Google lightning risk in shower. Okay. I'm so glad your phone can guess what you're saying. Oh, horribly l- spell things. Yeah. It's, oh my gosh. Tell me about it. It. While you're doing that, Cassie says her silly fear is called megalophobia. 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 It's a fear of huge things. Specifically for me, for me, is a fear of giant American flags. 
The thought of one falling on me terrifies me. When I was little and they would do those parachute games with my class. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I would be anxious the whole time. And as an adult, I found myself having the same feeling when I drive by a giant flag. I just do not like the idea of it following and co- falling and covering me. Pretty much anything that is huge scares me. A giant boat. Don't get me started in the Titanic when it splits in half. <laughs> The windmills out in the desert to make natural energy or even a truck carrying something oversized. Oh my gosh, that is so funny, Cassie. Okay, here's from the CDC. So, you know, say what you will about the CDC when it comes to yeah, COVID. Let's not get all here political. Is, here are their recommendations <laughs> for lightning. Okay. Is it safe to take a shower or bath during a lightning storm? No. Lightning what? can travel through plumbing. Oh! <gasps> If your house were to be struck by lightning, it could travel through your plumbing. It is best to avoid all water during a lightning storm. Do not shower, bathe, wash dishes, or wash your hands. I mean, wow. take that with a grain of salt based on how likely you believe your house is to be struck by lightning at any given moment. Yeah. But like your fear is real. Yeah. All right. Let's do one more. So this one's from Madeline. Hi, Joy and Claire. This is Maddie, longtime listener, first time caller. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what I'm afraid of. And that is chimpanzees and orangutans. I had no traumatic experience with any of these animals. I have just always not liked them. Now, other monkeys with tails, like prehensile tails, totally fine with those. Those are very cute. But like chimpanzees, orangutans, gorillas really don't like those. Apparently, it's actually a thing called like the uncanny valley complex. Like they look just human enough, um, but not really human that it can freak some people out. And I am one of those people. Please do not show me a picture of a chimp. I don't want to go to the zoo and see them. I just don't like them. So that's my uh, weird, irrational fear. That is a good one. Have you heard of Uncanny Valley? No. So there's this, and I don't, it's probably something I should Google too, because I know in terms of like when you're talking about, when they're talking about making cartoons. Okay, or, here, I, I just pulled it up. Okay, great. Yep. In aesthetics, the Uncanny Valley is a hypothesized relationship between the degree of an object's resemblance to a human being and the emotional response to such an object. Okay. The concept suggests that humanoid objects, which imperfectly resemble actual humans, provoke uncanny or strangely familiar feelings of eeriness and revulsion in observers. Yes. Okay. Okay. So I cannot remember exactly which movie or show or cartoon or whatever. So like when movies have fictional robotic people Mm. that are supposed to be cartoons, but it's that everything is so lifelike these days where they could truly make cartoons look so real right. that if they make it too real, it's called Uncanny Valley, where the people who are watching it, if they do like a test pilot and they show an audience the movie, they'll get a weird response because it's almost, it's that it's that line between my brain knows that this is a cartoon versus my brain is watching this as a real movie. So if the characters look too much like an actual human, your they brain can't, gets confused. Your brain gets confused and it kind of feels weird. It's like, okay, I can't really figure out if I'm in the world of cartoon and this is not real or this is real. And so it's like that. They call it the uncanny valley. So I, I'll have to go back and look at where I read this or looked at it from, I think there was like a documentary that talked a lot about this as they were creating a movie and how they had to keep going back to the drawing board because, because they, it, was, like it, was, too- it was too real. It was too real. And I thought that was really fascinating because I'm like, ooh, technology is just getting way too smart to where it could actually replace human beings acting. Anyway, okay. So Uncanny Valley is really great. And then Carmen said something really funny about um, fish tanks where she can't go into a pet store because of the fish fish tanks. She feels like the fish tanks, like if they bust out and there's something about like if like them getting out of their tanks in the... So funny. Thank you guys so much. Those are really, really good ones. Yeah. Uh, the fears. And remember, after this episode, you're just going to mind erase everything and you're not going to worry about it. You're not going to obsess over it. You're not going to get anxiety over it. And to follow up, our original listener, Megan, who inspired this question, is afraid yes. of birds because when she was a camp counselor, she would have to go like open the barn every morning and the barn swallows would attack her. And they were so mean, she said. Yeah. And I was like, they must have been so mean because they ruined all birds for you forever. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Do you have you an go. irrational fear other than the the bug thing? Because I... Yeah. Uh-huh. I, you know, we've talked about this too. Okay. Small holes. Anything that was like close textured, small holes. Oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Like coral yeah, yeah. reef. Or <laughs> <bones there>. Nope. <laughs> like I can't see it. 
Like when I was in high school, my stepmom had this. But like, there's a name for it too. Yeah, there's a name for it. It's like trypophobia. Yeah. I don't know that I would classify it as like a true phobia. Sure. Because, but it's like to the point where I can't be in the room with it. So that yeah. might, that might, I mean, maybe my stepmom had this big piece of coral reef that was like decorative and I like couldn't be in the room with it. Uh huh. Yeah. Or like if you show me a diagram of like, uh, mm-hmm. like a, uh, nope, uh, mm-hmm. can't, can't talk about it. I can't deal really with eyeballs. That's fair. Eyeballs are gross. (laughs) Like any... Eyeballs are good, gross. good call. That's like disgusting. Speaking of eyeballs, Claire and I were talking last night about our optometrists, our hot optometrists. Yeah. Have you ever had a hot optometrist where you're so close? You're so close to your face and they're like, one or two, one or two. And you're like, all I see is a perfect 10. <laughs> I don't know. What do you want it to be? I don't know. Oh. I know. I don't have a hot optometrist now, but um, I mean... They're fine looking, but um, the one that I had like before I started working at Kaiser was so good looking. And every time I would go, I'd be like, hold your breath, like don't move, don't breathe. They're like so close to you. You're like so aware of how good looking they are. It's really funny. Okay. So what about our question for next week? Okay. So the question that I would like for you guys to answer for next week. At some point, I want to ask people to tell us stories about their interactions with famous people. Let's do that. You want to do that? Because I always think about the time that you sat on a plane next to Willie, Woody next Harrelson. to Woody Harrelson. Yeah. So I want to know from listeners what your experience has been in your lifetime with any encounter with a famous person, whether you saw them on the street or you took a selfie with them. I mean, bonus points if you actually send us the photo. Just because I'm interested, it's not like we have to repost it or anything. Um, but send us a voice memo, really quick. 30 seconds to a, to a minute of your interaction and experience with a famous person. And that could be any, 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 any type any, of fame. It could just fame. be like, it could be anybody. It doesn't have to be famous to us. It could be like, yeah. oh, I met this famous researcher in my field who had always totally. looked up to. Yes. Yeah. Anyone who you feel like fangirly about. Fan, fangirly, fan personally. Fan, uh, fan humanly. Fan humanly. Anything that you feel is relevant, I want to hear it. We want to hear it. So you can email us a voice memo to this is Joy and Claire at gmail.com. Just send us a voice memo, record it on your phone, email it right on over. And you can also contact us on our Instagram profile page by hitting the contact button and sending a voice memo. It goes straight to voicemail. Send us a voice memo there, and we will see you next week on the show. Mm-hmm.